Chapter Three of A Century of Negro Migration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Century of Negro Migration by Carter Woodson. Chapter Three Fighting It Out on Free Soil. How then was this increasing influx of refugees from the South? to be received in the free states in the older northern states where there could be no danger of an africanization of a large district the coming of the negroes did not cause general excitement though at times the feeling in certain localities was sufficient to make one think so fearing that the immigration of the negroes into the north might so increase their numbers as to make them constitute a rather important part in the community however some free states enacted laws to restrict the privileges of the blacks free negroes had voted in all the colonies except georgia and south carolina if they had the property qualification but after the sentiment attendant upon the struggle for the rights of man had passed away they are set in a reaction delaware maryland virginia and kentucky disfranchised all negroes not long after the revolution they voted in North Carolina until 1835, when the state, feeling that this privilege of one class of Negroes might affect the enslavement of the other, prohibited it. The northern states, following in their wake, set up the same barriers against the blacks. They were disfranchised in New Jersey in 1807, in Connecticut in 1814, and in Pennsylvania in 1838. In 1811, New York passed an act requiring the production of certificates of freedom from blacks or mulattoes offering to vote. The second constitution, adopted in 1823, provided that no man of color, unless he had been there for three years a citizen of that state, and for one year next preceding any election, should be seized and possessed of a freehold estate, should be allowed to vote although this qualification was not required of the whites an act of eighteen twenty four relating to the government of the stockbridge indians provided that no negro or mulatto should vote in their councils that increasing prejudice was to a great extent the result of the immigration into the north of negroes in the rough was nowhere better illustrated than in pennsylvania prior to eighteen hundred and especially after seventeen eighty when the state provided for gradual emancipation there was little race prejudice in pennsylvania when the reactionary legislation of the south made life intolerable for the negroes debasing them to the plane of beasts many of the free people of color from virginia maryland and delaware moved or escaped into pennsylvania like a steady stream during the next sixty years as these negroes tended to concentrate in towns and cities they caused the supply of labor to exceed the demand lowering the wages of some and driving out of employment a number of others who became paupers and consequently criminals there set in too an intense struggle between the black and white laborers immensely accelerating the growth of race prejudice especially when the abolitionists and quakers were giving negroes industrial training the first exhibition of this prejudice was seen among the lower classes of white people largely irish and germans 
who devoted to menial labor competed directly with the negroes it did not require a long time however for this feeling to react on the higher classes of whites where negroes settled in large groups a strong protest arose from the menace of negro paupers an attempt was made in eighteen o four to compel free negroes to maintain those that might become a public charge in eighteen thirteen the mayor aldermen and citizens of philadelphia asked that free negroes be taxed to support their poor two philadelphia representatives in the pennsylvania legislature had a committee appointed in eighteen fifteen to consider the advisability of preventing the immigration of negroes one of the causes then at work there was that the black population had recently increased to four thousand in philadelphia and more than four thousand others had come into the city since the previous registration they were arriving much faster than they could be assimilated the state of pennsylvania had about exterminated slavery by eighteen forty having only forty slaves that year and only a few hundred at any time after eighteen ten many of these of course had not had time to make their way in life as freedmen to show how much the rapid migration to that city aggravated the situation under these circumstances one needs but note the statistics of the increase of the free people of color in that state there were only twenty two thousand four hundred and ninety two such persons in pennsylvania in eighteen ten but in eighteen twenty there were thirty thousand two hundred and two and in eighteen thirty as many as thirty seven thousand nine hundred and thirty this number increased to forty seven thousand eight hundred and fifty four by eighteen forty to fifty three thousand six hundred and twenty six by eighteen fifty and to fifty six thousand nine hundred and forty nine by eighteen sixty the undesirable aspect of the situation was that most of the migrating blacks came in crude form on arriving therefore says a contemporary they abandoned themselves to all manner of debauchery and dissipation to the great annoyance of many citizens thereafter followed a number of clashes developing finally into a series of riots of a grave nature innocent negroes attacked at first for purposes of sport and later for sinister designs were often badly beaten in the streets or even cut with knives the offenders were not punished and if the negroes defended themselves they were usually severely penalized in eighteen nineteen three white women stoned a woman of color to death a few youths entered a negro church in philadelphia in eighteen twenty five and by throwing pepper to give rise to suffocating fumes caused a panic which resulted in the death of several negroes when the citizens of new haven connecticut arrayed themselves in eighteen thirty one against the plan to establish in that city a negro manual labor college there was held in philadelphia a meeting which passed resolutions enthusiastically endorsing this effort to rid the community of the evil of the immigration of free negroes there arose also the custom of driving negroes away from independent square on the fourth of july because they were neither considered nor desired as part of the body politic it was thought that in the state of feeling of the thirties that the negro would be annihilated 
de tocqueville also observed that the negroes were more detested in the free states than in those where they were held as slaves there had been such a reaction since eighteen hundred that no positions of consequence were open to negroes however well educated they might be and the education of the blacks which was once vigorously prosecuted there became unpopular this was especially true of harrisburg and philadelphia but by no means confined to large cities the philadelphia press said nothing in behalf of the race it was generally thought that freedom had not been an advantage to the negro and that instead of making progress they had filled jails and almshouses and multiplied pest holes to afflict the cities with disease and crime the negroes of york carefully worked out in eighteen o three a plan to burn the city incendiaries set on fire a number of houses eleven of which were destroyed whereas there were other attempts at a general destruction of the city the authorities arrested a number of negroes but ran the risk of having the jail broken open by their sympathizing fellow-men after a reign of terror for half a week order was restored and twenty of the accused were convicted of arson in eighteen twenty there occurred so many conflagrations that a vigilance committee was organized whether or not the negroes were guilty of the crime is not known but numbers of them left either on account of the fear of punishment or because of the indignities to which they were subjected numerous petitions therefore came before the legislature to stop the immigration of negroes it was proposed in eighteen forty to tax all free negroes to assist them in getting out of the state for colonization the citizens of lehigh county asked the authorities in eighteen thirty to expel all negroes and persons of color found in the state another petition prayed that they be deprived of the freedom of movement bills embodying these ideas were frequently considered but they were never passed stronger opposition than this however was manifested in the form of actual outbreaks on a large scale in philadelphia the immediate cause of this first real clash was the abolition agitation in the city in eighteen thirty four following the exciting news of other such disturbances a few months prior to this date in several northern cities a group of boys started the riot by destroying a negro resort a mob then proceeded to the negro district where white and colored men engaged in a fight with clubs and stones the next day the mob ruined the african presbyterian church and attacked some negroes destroying their property and beating them mercilessly the riot continued for three days a committee appointed to inquire into the causes of the riot reported that the aim of the rioters had been to make the negroes go away because it was believed that their labor was depriving them of work and because the blacks had shielded criminals and had made such noise and disorder in their churches as to make them a nuisance it seemed that the most intelligent and well-to-do people of philadelphia keenly felt it that the city had thus been disgraced but the mob spirit continued the very next year was marked by the same sort of disorder because a half-witted negro attempted to murder a white man a large mob stirred up the city again there was a repetition of the beating of negroes and of the destruction of property while the police as the year before were so inactive as to give rise to the charge that they were accessories to the riot 
in eighteen thirty eight there occurred another outbreak which developed into an anti-abolition riot as the public mind had been much exercised by the discussions of abolitionists and by their close social contact with the negroes the clash came on the seventeenth of may when philadelphia hall the centre of abolition agitation was burned fighting between the blacks and whites ensued the following night when the colored orphan asylum was attacked and a negro church burned order was finally restored for the good of all concerned but that a majority of the people sympathized with the rioters was evidenced by the fact that the committee charged with investigating the disturbance reported that the mob was composed of strangers who could not be recognized it is well to note here that this riot occurred the year the negroes in pennsylvania were disfranchised following the example of philadelphia pittsburgh had a riot in eighteen thirty nine resulting in the maltreatment of a number of negroes and the demolishing of some of their houses when the negroes of philadelphia paraded the city in eighteen forty two celebrating the abolition of slavery in the west indies there ensued a battle led by the whites who undertook to break up the procession along with the beating and killing of the usual number when also the destruction of the new african hall and the negro presbyterian church the grand jury charged with the inquiry into the causes reported that the procession was to be blamed for several years thereafter the city remained quiet until eighteen forty nine when there occurred a raid on the blacks by the killers of moyamensing using firearms with which many were wounded the disturbance was finally quelled by aid of the militia these clashes sometimes reached farther north than the free states bordering on the slave commonwealths mobs broke up abolition meetings in the city of new york in eighteen thirty four when there were sent to congress numerous petitions for the abolition of slavery this mob even assailed such eminent citizens as arthur and lewis tappan mainly on account of their friendly attitude towards the negroes on october twenty first eighteen thirty four the same feeling developed in utica where was to be held an anti-slavery meeting according to previous notice the six hundred delegates who assembled there were warned to disband a mob then organized itself and drove the delegates from the town that same month the people of palmyra new york held a meeting at which they adopted resolutions to the effect that owners of houses or tenements in that town occupied by blacks of the character complained of be requested to use all their rightful means to clear their premises of such occupants at the earliest possible period and that it be recommended that such proprietors refuse to rent the same thereafter to any person of color whatever in new york negroes were excluded from the places of amusement and public conveyances and segregated in places of worship in the draft riots which occurred there in eighteen sixty three one of the aims of the mobs was to assassinate negroes and to destroy their property they burned the colored orphan asylum of that city and hanged negroes to lamp-posts the situation in parts of new england was not much better for fear of the evils of an increasing population of free persons of color the people of canaan new hampshire 
broke up the noise academy because it decided to admit negro students thinking that many of the race might thereby be encouraged to come to that state when prudence crandall established in canterbury connecticut an academy to which she decided to admit negroes the mayor selectmen and citizens of the city protested and when their protests failed to deter this heroine they induced the legislature to enact a special law covering the case and invoked the measure to have prudence crandall imprisoned because she would not desist this very law and the arguments upholding it justified the drastic measure on the ground that an increase in the colored population would be an injury to the people of that state in the new commonwealths formed out of western territory there was the same fear as to negro domination and consequently there followed the wave of legislation intended in some cases not only to withhold from the negro settlers the exercise of the rights of citizenship but to discourage and even to prevent them from coming into their territory the question as to what should be done with the negro was early an issue in ohio it came up in the constitutional convention of eighteen o three and provoked some discussion but that body considered it sufficient to settle the matter for the time being by merely leaving the negroes indians and foreigners out of the pale of the newly organized body politic by conveniently incorporating the word white throughout the constitution it was soon evident however that the matter had not been settled and the legislature of eighteen o four had to give serious consideration to the immigration of negroes into that state it was therefore enacted that no negro or mulatto should remain there permanently unless he could furnish a certificate of freedom issued by some court that all negroes in that commonwealth should be registered before the following june and that no man should employ a negro who failed to comply with these conditions should one be detected in hiring harboring or hindering the capture of a fugitive black he was liable to a fine of fifty dollars and his master could recover pay for the services of his slave to the amount of fifty cents a day as this legislature did not meet the demands of those who desired further to discourage negro immigration the legislature of eighteen o seven was induced to enact a law to the effect that no negro should be permitted to settle in ohio unless he could within twenty days give a bond to the amount of five hundred dollars for his good behavior and assurance that he would not become a public charge this measure provided also for raising the fine for concealing a fugitive from fifty dollars to one hundred one half of which should go to the person upon the testimony of whom the conviction should be secured negro evidence in a case to which a white was a party was declared illegal in eighteen thirty negroes were excluded from service in the state militia in eighteen thirty one they were deprived of the privilege of serving on juries and in eighteen thirty eight they were denied the right of having their children educated at the expense of the state in indiana the situation was worse than in ohio we have already noted above how the settlers in the southern part endeavored to make that a slave state when that had after all but being successful seemed impossible the state enacted laws to prevent or discourage 
the influx of free negroes and to restrict the privileges of those already there in eighteen twenty four a stringent law for the return of fugitives was passed the expulsion of free negroes was a matter of concern and in eighteen thirty one it was provided that unless they could give bond for their behavior and support they could be removed otherwise the county overseers could hire out such negroes to the highest bidder negroes were not allowed to attend schools maintained at the public expense might not give evidence against a white man and could not intermarry with white persons they might however serve as witnesses against negroes in the same way the free negroes met discouragement in illinois they suffered from all the disabilities imposed on their class in ohio and indiana and were denied the right to sue for their liberty in the courts when there arose many abolitionists who encouraged the coming of the fugitives from labor in the south one element of the citizens of illinois unwilling to accept this unusual influx of members of another race passed the drastic law of eighteen fifty three prohibiting the immigration it provided for the prosecution of any person bringing a negro into the state and also for arresting and fining any negro fifty dollars should he appear there and remain longer than ten days if he proved to be unable to pay the fine he could be sold to any person who could pay the cost of the trial in michigan the situation was a little better but with the waves of hostile legislation then sweeping over the new commonwealths michigan was not allowed to constitute altogether an exception some of this intense feeling found expression in the form of a law hostile to the negro this being the act of eighteen twenty seven which provided for the registration of all free persons of color and for the exclusion from the territory of all blacks who could not produce a certificate to the effect that they were free free persons of color were also required to file bonds with one or more freehold sureties in the penal sum of five hundred dollars for their good behavior and the bondsmen were expected to provide for their maintenance if they failed to support themselves failure to comply with this law meant expulsion from the territory the opposition to the negroes immigrating into the new west was not restricted to the enactment of laws which in some cases were never enforced several communities took the law into their own hands during these years when the negroes were seeking freedom in the northwest territory and when free blacks were being established there by philanthropists it seemed to the southern uplanders fleeing from slavery in the border states and foreigners seeking fortunes in the new world that they might possibly be crowded out of this new territory by the negroes frequent clashes therefore followed after they had passed through a period of toleration and dependence on the execution of the hostile laws the clashes of the greatest consequence occurred in the northwest territory where a larger number of uplanders from the south had gone some to escape the ill effects of slavery and others to hold slaves if possible and when that seemed impossible to exclude the blacks altogether this persecution of the negroes received also the hearty cooperation of the foreign element who being an underdeveloped class had to do menial labor in competition with the blacks 
the feeling of the foreigners was especially mischievous for the reasons that they were like the negroes at first settled in large numbers in urban communities generally speaking the feeling was like that exhibited by the germans in mercer county ohio the citizens of this frontier community in registering their protest against the settling of negroes there adopted the following resolutions resolved that we will not live among negroes as we have settled here first we have fully determined that we will resist the settlement of blacks and mulattoes in this county to the full extent of our means the bayonet not excepted resolved that the blacks of this county be and they are hereby respectfully requested to leave the county on or before the first day of march eighteen forty seven and in the case of their neglect or refusal to comply with this request we pledge ourselves to remove them peacefully if we can forcibly if we must resolved that we who are here assembled pledge ourselves not to employ or trade with any black or mulatto person in any manner whatever or permit them to have any grinding done at our mills after the first day of january next in eighteen twenty seven there arose a storm of protest on the occasion of the settling of seventy freedmen in lawrence county ohio by a philanthropic master of pittsylvania county virginia on black friday january first eighteen thirty eighty negroes were driven out of portsmouth ohio at the request of one or two hundred white citizens set forth in an urgent memorial so many negroes during these years concentrated at cincinnati that the laboring element forced the execution of the almost dead law requiring free negroes to produce certificates and give bonds for their behavior and support a mob attacked the homes of the blacks killing a number of them and forced twelve hundred others to leave for canada west where they established the settlement known as wilberforce in eighteen thirty six another mob attacked and destroyed there the press of james g burney the editor of the philanthropist because of the encouragement his abolitionist organ gave to the immigrating negroes but in eighteen forty one came a decidedly systematic effort on the part of foreigners and pro-slavery sympathizers to kill off and drive out the negroes who were becoming too well established in that city and who were giving offence to white men who desired to deal with them as negroes were treated in the south the city continued in this excited state for about a week they were brought into play in the upheaval the police of the city and the state militia before the shooting of the negroes and burning of their homes could be checked so far as is known no white men were punished although a few of them were arrested some negroes were committed to prison during the fray they were thereafter either discharged upon producing certificates of nativity or giving bond or were indefinitely held in southern indiana and illinois the same condition obtained observing the situation in indiana a contributor of niles register remarked in eighteen eighteen upon the arrival there of sixty or seventy liberated negroes sent by the society of friends of north carolina that they were a species of population that was not acceptable to the people of that state nor indeed to any other 
whether free or slaveholding for they cannot rise and become like other men unless in countries where their own color predominates but must always remain a degraded and inferior class of persons without the hope of much bettering their condition the indiana farmer voicing the sentiment of that same community regretted the increase of this population that seemed to be enlarging the number sent to that territory the editor insisted that the community which enjoys the benefits of the blacks labor should also suffer all the consequences since the people of indiana derive no advantage from slavery he begged that they be excused from its inconveniences most of the blacks that migrated there moreover possessed thought he feelings quite unprepared to make good citizens a sense of inferiority early impressed on their minds destitute of everything but bodily power and having no character to lose and no prospect of acquiring one even did they know its value they are prepared for the commission of any act when the prospect of evading punishment is favorable with the exception of such centers as eden upper alton belleville and chicago this antagonistic attitude was general also in the state of illinois the negroes were despised abused and maltreated as persons who had no rights that the white man should respect even in detroit michigan in eighteen thirty three a fracas was started by an attack on negroes because a courageous group of them had effected the rescue and escape of one thornton blackburn and his wife who had been arrested by the sheriff as alleged fugitives from kentucky the citizens invoked the law of eighteen twenty seven to require free negroes to produce a certificate and furnish bonds for their behavior and support the anti-slavery sentiment there however was so strong that the law was not rigidly enforced and so it was in several other parts of the west which however were exceptional end of chapter three fighting it out on free soil